Welcome to the NASCAR Field Filler Podcast, where you can get the latest results, fantasy picks, and news every week in the NASCAR racing world. We just got one more spot left to fill, so let's give it to our host. Here he is, Vanilla Wafers. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the back of the field. This is Vanilla Wafers, and thank you for tuning in to the Field Filler Podcast. We just got done with the fifth race weekend of the 2022 season as the Cup Series, Truck Series, and Xfinity Series all return to Atlanta Motor Speedway on the newly designed racetrack running the Super Speedway package. A lot of uncertainty came to this new design of the racetrack and there was a little bit of criticism uh, from the fans as well as even some of the drivers. Kyle Busch straight up said that he wanted a piece of the old track so he could experience what a real racetrack was, which I thought was a ridiculous thing for him to say, but whatever, it is what it is. But after watching these races here this weekend, I gotta say, here's my personal opinion, I thought that the racing was really good. I like what NASCAR is trying to do as well as these track promoters. They're trying to make these tracks a little bit more unique in one way or another because, let's be honest here, a lot of these 1.5 mile racetracks all ran roughly about the same. So for some of these track owners to make some adjustments to the racetrack so that they're not quite like the other ones, I can really appreciate that. And for them to add more super speedway type races, I know a lot of people kind of really enjoy that. Some people may not enjoy the super speedway races, but in my personal opinion, if you're going to have these types of races, I think it needs to be more than four. I know with the road courses, they had two or three for a very long time. They upped that now to six. Short tracks, they've been talking about adding another short track onto the schedule, maybe even changing Auto Club Speedway to a half-mile racetrack so there's more kind of diversity there. They have also added on tracks that are in between 1 mile and 1.49. I don't want to say mile and a half again. It's mostly those tracks right there in the middle. I mean, Nashville Super Speedway, Worldwide Technology Raceway. At least we're seeing some of these tracks being added on as well. Basically, NASCAR is trying to get as much variety in the race schedule as they possibly can. And I think this change with Atlanta Motor Speedway was really cool to see. I think um, most people would have more appreciated if it was at Texas Motor Speedway rather than Atlanta. But you know what? It is what it is. Either way, we had three very unique races here this week at Atlanta Motor Speedway and NASCAR's top three divisions. So let's dive into it. Let's look at each one of these races and see what were the biggest takeaways, who impressed us the most, and who let us down the most. It's time for our weekend recap. First, starting off with the annual Freight 208, the third race of the Camping World Truck Series. Alrighty, so let's look at a few statistics in this race before we dive into the final results. We had only 36 trucks enter into this race, so good news for a lot of those smaller teams. None of them failed to qualify. Everyone was able to race in this truck race. We had seven cautions for 40 laps. The total amount of laps in this race was 135, so about 30% of the race was ran under caution. We had 18 lead changes amongst 10 different drivers, with one driver leading as many as 49 laps. 
That driver was not able to win the race. In fact, it was a rookie that came in with a checkered flag. How about the driver from Kyle Busch Motorsports, the number 51 machine at Corey Heim, gets his first win here in the Truck Series. He is your winner here for the Freight 208 third race here in the Truck Series. Finishing second, we have the number 99 at Ben Rhodes, and the third spot was the number 66 at Ty Majeski. Finishing fourth is the number 18 at Chandler Smith. Finishing fifth is the number 38 at Zane Smith. Finishing sixth, we have the number 52 at Stuart Friesen. Finishing 7th is number 17 of Ryan Priest. In the 8th spot, we have the number 15 of Tanner Gray. Finishing 9th is number 19 of Derek Cross. And then right at the top 10, we have the number 22 of Austin Wayne Self. Some noticeable drivers who finished outside the top 10 that we should recognize. Finishing 11th was the number 16 of Tyler Ankrum. In the 12th spot was the number 23 of Grant Enfinger. Finishing 16th, we have the number 98 of Chris Eckes. Finishing 23rd, we have the number 41 of Ross Chastain. Finishing 24th was the number 4 of John Hunter Nemechek. Right behind the both of them was the number 88 to Matt Crafton, and then we had Matt Benedetto in the number 25, finished 30th, and Ryan at the field in the 36th spot, we had the number one of Haley Deegan out by lap number 24 due to a tire issue. And that is your final results here for the Freight 208 at Atlanta Motor Speedway. So first off, let's talk about the number 51 of Corey Heim. It's very, very interesting to see a truck this dominant not get any stage points in this race. Even second place of Ben Rose did not get any stage points. That is very interesting since both of these trucks were very, very strong at the end of the race. I guess passing was a huge issue for these trucks, and I you could kind of see it in this race, but before we dive into that, again, Corey Heim, a Georgia native, able to get a victory here at basically his home racetrack here in the truck series. That's definitely a big accomplishment for this driver, but the crazy thing is, He's not running the full schedule. He's only running 15 races this year. So for him to get a victory here in this number 51 truck, he is now kind of almost locking himself in for a full-time ride here in the truck series next year. And if it's not that, maybe he'll even look into the Xfinity series. That's kind of far stretch, but still, when a part-time series driver is able to get a victory down here in the truck series or Xfinity series, more than likely, you're going to see him in a full-time ride the very next season. So good job for Corey Heim. Chandler Smith also has a really good race. In fact, he had such a good race that the announcer said that he won the race at first. Um, just a big mistake by the announcers there. I just thought that was pretty humorous. But Kyle Busch Motorsports, all of them had really, really competitive trucks in this race. I mean, Chandler Smith led 21 laps. John Hernemichek led 11 laps, won the stage. And if that tire problem does not happen for John Hunter Nemechek, I bet you he is going to be competing for that win. He actually gets back on the racetrack and actually helps out his teammates to get the victory. Now, a lot of people could be furious on that one, which I totally understand. I mean, usually when you're a lap down truck, you're supposed to get out of the way. I give John Hunter and Nemechek a pass on this for two reasons. One, he was trying to help out his teammates. So without a doubt, he is a team player for his team. And I'm pretty sure that Kyle Busch sees that. And that's why he was more than happy to sign him on for another year. Number two, he was at the same speed as all those competitors. It wasn't like he was 10 miles off the pace and he was holding those guys up and the other ones get to ride off into the sunset. No, he's right there with the draft. He would have done the same thing if he was running third, maybe been a little bit more aggressive towards his teammates. Still, either way, I don't believe that this is really a BS move on the number four's part. I think he was just being a really good teammate, and he saw an opportunity for him to give one of his teammates a victory. So, good teammate. Maybe some drivers are pissed off at him. 
but I don't think it is a terrible move on his part. And let's give a shout out to honestly all the Toyotas in this race because all of them ran really, really well. I mean, look at Thor Sports in the second and third position. Ty Majeski was definitely a great move on Thor Sports' part so far here in these first few races. He's been running up front in every single one. He was a replacement for Johnny Sauter who was struggling last season. And right now, they're showing that Ty Majeski was the right move. And honestly, I really can't argue with him. I mean, he had a really good run. Only led one lap, but he was able to finish second in the stage and run near the top 10. Just a really good performance on his part. And also, Matt Crafton, yes, his finish was a little brutal there at the end. Similar to what happened to John Hunter Nemechek. But finishing in the top six at both stages, he clearly showed that he had a lot of power in this race. And also, Chris Eckes with a fourth place finish in both the stages. Unfortunately, just the finish there at the end was not the best. And then also throw in Stuart Friesen. He he led uh, the huge chunk in the first part of the race and won the first stage, left 49 laps. I mean, just a really, really good day for the Toyota camp. The camp that did not do good in this race was without a doubt Nice Motorsports. Nice Motorsports did not like the new configuration at all. They had Ross Chastain as their best finisher, and Ross Chastain finished two laps down in the 23rd position due to a tire issue. That is just brutal for a five-car operation. While their other cars finished 27th, Carson Hosevar, he ran into some problems. He went a multiple laps down. Tad Moffitt exits on lap number 79, finishes 32nd due to engine issues. And then Lawless Allen and Dean Thompson collect each other basically in an accident and they finished 33rd and 34th nice motorsports they just had a horrible weekend there's no other way to describe it they even got some stage points here and there from two of their trucks but even then it was just like damn best finish to 23rd oh not a good run for them and not a good run for the number 25 machine of Matt Benedetto. Matt Benedetto hit the wall on lap number one and by then that was the end of his day uh, just right at the beginning runs into the wall I don't know what happened to him if he just had a flat tire right there at the beginning or he just ran too high and then swept up into the wall either way he went 12 laps down early in the race never you really can't recover from that and he finishes 30th big bummer for that team and Matt Benedetto. that now drops them a few positions but not nearly as bad as the situation as the number one of Haley Deegan Haley Deegan suffered a tire issue on lap number 24 and I guess there was a bit of a fire under her truck and she was not able to finish the race out by lap number 24 this is a really bad situation if you're a Haley Deegan fan as well as a David Gillen racing fan because now that number one truck has to qualify their way in into the next race they are that far down in the owner points just a rough start for Haley Deegan and I hope she likes Circuit of the Americas because she needs to put up a fast lap time in qualifying if she's able to make her way in into the truck race. It wasn't all doom and gloom for David Gill in racing. I mean, they were able to finish 7th and 8th respectively in this race. Uh, Ryan Priest was able to get 7th and then you had Tanner Gray score stage points in, in both stages. I mean, it's more of a what if Haley Deegan stays out of trouble. Maybe she's running up there, but unfortunately it was so early in the race. It is what it is. As far as the racing went here at Atlanta here for the Truck Series, it was a little bit of a struggle there at the end. I'm not going to lie. For the first part, there was a lot of side-by-side racing, but there was not too much passing to try for some of those trucks near the back to make their way back up front. And then there at the end, they went single file. At least the finish on the final lap was a little bit entertaining. But honestly, by the most part, if you were locked into the top lane, you were going to be golden. 
And if you were a truck near the back, you just had to stay out of trouble and you were going to get a top 20 finish. So overall, I'd say this race is a little bit below average for a truck race. Uh, top drivers who really impressed us were definitely Corey Heim and as well as all the Toyota camp with Thor Sports Racing, Kyle Busch Motorsports, and Stuart Friesen in number 52. Big letdowns by Matt Benedetto, Nice Motorsports, and Haley Deegan. And then a shout out for some of the smaller teams. Uh, the 0-2 of Jesse Little able to finish 15th. Chase Purdy in the number 61 finishing 14th. Our boy Chris Hacker in the number 33 finishing 17th. And then Matt Jaskell in the number 46 finishing in the top 20. Now let's look at the Xfinity Series race. It's time to look at the final results for the Nally Cars 250. Alrighty, so a few statistics before we dive into the final results for this one as well. We had 43 cars try to enter this race, but unfortunately due to weather issues on Friday, they decided to cancel qualifying and move practice to Saturday so these teams and drivers could have a feel for the racetrack. Who did this hurt the most? It hurt the 08 of David Starr, the number 47 of Brandon Poole, the number 13 of Chad Fincham, the number 77 of Dylan Bassett, and the number 52 of Harrison Rhodes. All five of those drivers were not able to compete in the event on Saturday. There were 10 cautions for 56 laps and for 172 laps that's about around 30% as well. 11 lead changes amongst 10 different drivers. In the end though it was a driver who only led one lap in this race and similar to the truck race did not score any stage points but he led the most important lap the final lap and that was the number 54 of Ty Gibbs getting his second win already here in the Xfinity Series in the 2022 season with Joe Gibbs Racing. He is your winner here in the Nally Cars 250 at Atlanta. Finishing second we have the rookie the number 21 of austin hill finishing third was the number 16 of aj Amendinger. in the fourth spot we have the number 98 of riley herps in the fifth spot was the number 10 of landon castle finishing sixth the number 91 of mason massey very good run for him finishing seventh we have the number 19 of brandon jones and then in the eighth spot another good run this time the number 92 of kyle weatherman finishing ninth we have another rookie the number two of sheldon creed and rounding up the top 10 we have the number 39 of ryan sieg some noticeable drivers who finished outside the top 10 that we should mention finishing 14th and 15th we have the Iron Motorsports cars of Brett Moffitt and Jeb Burton. Brandon Brown unfortunately gets caught up in a later incident. He finishes 18th overall in this race. Tommy Joe Martin with a 4th place stage finish. He finishes 20th and then you had Sam Mayer again bad luck near the end. He finishes 21st. Noah Gregston led 38 laps but unfortunately he finishes 26th overall in this race with Trevor Bain right behind him in the 28th position. Led 38 laps as well. Then you got Myatt Snyder in the number 31 finishing 30th and then here near the back a lot of JR Motorsports machines with Josh Berry in the number 8 and 33rd Justin Allgaier in the number 7 finishing 34th Daniel Hemrick in the number 11 finishing 35th and rounding out the field we have the number 48 of Jade Beford finishing 38th out on lap number 105 due to an accident and that's your final results here for the Nally Cars 250 at Atlanta now this race had some ups had a lot of downs, I'm not going to lie. This one was probably the worst race of the weekend. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but first, the biggest shout-out definitely to Ty Gibbs. Man, it's, it doesn't matter what racetrack it is. Ty Gibbs is going to be a front competitor. It is so crazy what this kid can do, and it, it feels like I'm saying the same thing over and over every single time Ty Gibbs wins, but there's really nothing else you can say. He's such a talented driver, and he showed it once again here at a track that was very unique, like we haven't seen anything like this, and he was able 
able to find out which spots to go right there at the end and get the victory. Just super impressive for Ty Gibbs and Joe Gibbs Racing to pull off that victory there. Really good run for them. Also a really good run for Colic Racing. I, I'm not really surprised on that one at all. AJ Almendinger was able to win a stage, landed Castle with a top five finish. That team is just always really good when it comes to any type of drafting type of race. Daytona Talladega now here at Atlanta. They're just front runners. They're really good at that and able to get two of their cars in the top five. That's always a really good performance. Austin Hill, I think he's starting to prove to every Everyone that when it comes to super speedway type racing, he is going to be one of those top dogs to beat. But the team that impressed me the most was DGM Racing. Two of their cars finished in the top 10. Mason Massey and Kyle Weatherman stayed out of trouble and able to finish here near the top of the board. That is incredible for the small team. What an impressive job by them as an organization to be able to get those good finishes here at a track that there was so much unpredictability Damn good job by Mason Massey and damn good job by Kyle Weatherman. That team, without a doubt, impressed me the most here in this race. Biggest bummer, hands down, goes to JR Motorsports. And they had good cars. They really did. I mean, in stage one, they finished one, two, three, and four. And then the big one that happened near the end of the race, I do believe that was lap number 154 where that happened. And, oh gosh, all their cars got taken out in that incident. All of them. Just horrible, horrible luck for that team. But that's the way super speedway racing happens. And we know how narrow this track is. You, you really can't get away. The fact that we didn't have any more big wrecks in this race, race honestly really surprises me and JR Motorsports man they got the worst end of it and they had good cars they really did just the results did not meet the performance there's just no other way to put it some other drivers who had a really good run in this race but unfortunately had some bad finishes due to accidents Jade Beford is the biggest one that come to mind he finished third in the second stage third for that small team that's really really good but he finishes 38th overall because nothing happened in the first two stages with cars exiting the race so he finishes last in this race even though he had such a great car big bummer for that team. Alpha Prime Racing was another team that was running really good, but again, also got caught up in some incidents. Only had one car finish in the top 20, and that was Tommy Joe Martin with a 20th place finish. We also had Myatt Snyder running near the front, but it looked like something broke on the car there in the final few laps. Got taken out by Riley Herbst because he was just had no speed at all. He finishes 30th in this race. Again, he should have had a better finish. And then Trevor Bain. Trevor Bain showed once again that, hey, he when he's put in really good equipment, he can run near the front. He is doing a lot with the car he has been given. Unfortunately, he has just not been able to get the victory. And I think if he stays out of trouble there, does not get collected in that big one, I think he's contending for the win there. And maybe it's not Ty Gibbs. Maybe it's Trevor Bain getting the victory. Who knows? But unfortunately, gets caught up in an incident. And unfortunately for that, you do not get good results there. And I know he's trying to get as many wins as possible. A finish outside the top 20 in the number 18 machine is never a good result. And unfortunately, he got in this race, just caught up in an accident now as far as the racing went for this race the first two stages nothing happened it was not really a great race it really wasn't for the first half I think honestly going forward here with Atlanta Motor Speedway people who do not like this racetrack this race right here will be their poster child there wasn't really too much passing. Yes, we did have side-by-side, -side, but it was mostly a big old train there on the high end of the racetrack. And everyone knows a train around a super speedway 
is the worst type of racing that you can possibly see. And we kind of got that for a good chunk of this race, not going to lie. And then when cars tried to be a little bit more competitive, wrecks started happening left and right. I mean, look at all these cautions that came up. We had a caution on lap number 107, took out four cars. Another caution, two laps into green, that took out two more cars. And then eight laps into green, we had another spin out. And then seven laps later, another big incident. 11 lap stretch of green flag racing and then we had the big one and then after that just wreck after wreck after wreck. It just was not good. There's just no other way to describe it. It wasn't a great race. If I had to rate this race, it's going to be one of the lower ends. I'd rate it almost as a Cup Series Atlanta race within the last couple of years and that is not a good comparison when you're trying to do something completely different, completely unique. It just didn't work for these Xfinity Series cars. We will see what happens when they come back. But right now for the Xfinity Series program, it is not working well here for the new layout here at Atlanta Motor Speedway. Now it is time to talk about the big one. Let's now look at the Folds of Honor Quick Trip 500, the fifth race here in the 2022 season of the NASCAR Cup Series. Alrighty, so let's dive into a few statistics before we look at the final results. 37 cars entered into this race, only one open charter car, and that was the number 44 team of NY Racing and Greg Biffle. Honestly, very surprised to see them enter into this race. I did not see that one coming. Still, only 37 cars entered into the race, meaning everyone was able to run in this event. Nobody got a DNQ in this race. We had 11 cautions for 65 laps. Now, this is the big number right here. 46 lead changes amongst 20 different drivers. 46! That is obviously the new record here at Atlanta Motor Speedway. And honestly, you hardly see those types of numbers, even at Super Speedway races. So damn, at least there was a lot of action going on up front. In the end, though, it was the driver who led the most laps in this race. He won stage one. He gets his third win of his Cup Series career. We are talking about the number 24 of William Byron for Henrik Motorsports wins the Folds of Honor Quick Trip 500 here at the newly reconfigured Atlanta Motor Speedway. Speedway. Finishing second, we have the number one of Ross Chastain. Finishing third was the number 45 of Kurt Busch. Finishing fourth is number 99 of Daniel Suarez. Finishing fifth, the number seven of Corey LaJoy. Phenomenal finish for that team. Finishing sixth, we have the number nine of Chase Elliott. In the seventh spot is the number 17 of Chris Busher. Finishing eighth is the number 19 of Martin Trex Jr. In the ninth spot was the number 22 of Joey Logano. Rounding up the top 10, we have the number 48 of Alex Bowman. In the 11th spot is the number 31 of Justin Haley. Finishing 12th, we have the number six of Brad Keselowski. Finishing 13th is the number 23 of Bubba Wallace. Finishing 14th is the number 43 of Eric Jones. Finishing 15th is the number 14 of Chris Busher. Finishing 16th, the number 77 of Josh Balicki. Finishing 17th is the number 12 of Ryan Blaney. Finishing 18th, we have the number 15 of David Reagan. Finishing 19th, the number 78 of BJ McLeod. And round of the top 20, we have the number 44 of Greg Biffle. Some noticeable drivers who finished outside the top 20 that we should mention. Christopher Bell in the number 20 machine finishes 23rd. Even though he ran across the start finish line in the top three, fortunately they said he went below the line meaning that he finishes on the tail end of the lead lap, which was 23rd. From 28th on back, these are all drivers who got collected in accidents 
accident. We have the number 8 of Tyler Reddick in 28th, the number 11 of Denny Hamlin in 29th, the number 5 of Kyle Larson in 30th, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. in the 47th and 31st, the number 2 of Austin Sendrick in 32nd, Kyle Busch in the number 18 finishing 33rd, Cole Custer in the number 41 finishing 34th, Austin Dillon in the number 3 finishing 35th, Ty Dillon in the number 42 finishing 36th, and rounding up the field, the number 16 of Noah Gregston out on lap number 23 in a single car accident. He is credited with the 37th position here in this race. And that's your final results here for the Fult of Honor Quick Trip 500. Alright, so I'm going to switch things up a little bit. I've been talking about the drivers who impressed me the most first, but I got to talk about the racing here first because this is what everybody was wondering, how the racing was going to be at this new configuration. To be honest with you, this racetrack was set up here for these next-gen cars and probably not anything else because Truck Series and Xfinity Series, those races weren't that great. I'm not going to stand by those races at all. They weren't that great of races. Here in the Cup Series race, though, I will stand by this one and say that this was a really good race, and I feel like they made the right decision to change one of these intermediate tracks into a mile and a half. Obviously, here at Atlanta, they needed to do something different. The track was absolutely worn out. I mean, when you have to stop a race to uh, fix the racetrack, that's a huge issue. And for those of you wondering what I'm talking about, basically the last race we had here, there were chunks of the racetrack coming up from the seams and they had to throw a red flag to basically cover up those seams. It, it's ridiculous at that point when they uh, when that starts to happen. Something needed to change here at Atlanta. Something drastic. And I feel like this was a really fun race. And I think it brings a lot of fun back to Atlanta Motor Speedway. Now, one thing I'm going to say is do not do this to any other intermediate track. I think just doing it to Atlanta Motor Speedway is good. And let's not do it to any other race. Because we don't need all the intermediate tracks to turn into this because basically you're not fixing the problem. You're making it actually worse, making these all kind of like super speedway feels because as entertaining as those races are, there's a reason why they're entertaining. They're special races. I think six is more than enough when it comes to these races. And also, it's going to cost so much money for these teams because as entertaining as pack racing can be, it's also very expensive because it takes this one car to get loose and the entire field can wind up in the accident. So that's what I'll say about that. But I really think the racing was good here at Atlanta for the Cup Series. I think it was a lot of fun for the fans. It seems like the drivers who honestly stay out of trouble enjoyed it. The drivers who did not stay out of trouble absolutely hated the race. I think we need one or two more races to see how this feels. But I'm not totally against it. And I'm kind of scratching my head on why so many people are complaining about it. And why people have the audacity to be like, oh, Atlanta's trash. Uh, bring Kentucky back. What? Kentucky Motor Speedway? Are you high? It had one good race and that was it. The rest of those races were trash. Well, why did you guys repave Atlanta? Atlanta races, honestly, with the Gen 6 cars, were trash. I cannot honestly remember one really good race here at Atlanta in the last seven years. And that really sucks. Atlanta Motor Speedway was one of the most hype races of the year. And we have lost that for so many years. Now they bring something new that is going to bring excitement. going to bring intense racing. We got it. We got it with this car. We got it with this reconfiguration for now. Now, if things start to go way south for this racetrack and this race then I will retract my statement. 
but I really do believe people should not crap on this racetrack yet. It is way too early, and honestly, it provided a really entertaining race. I don't care what people say. You want a tough racetrack for drivers? You got it. They all said it was really challenging of a race. You wanted to see more passing? You got it. You broke a record here at Atlanta Motor Speedway with 46 lead changes. You want a more equal competition between the top teams and the lower teams? You got it. 20 different drivers led in this race. So for this race, I'm giving it an A. It, it did what it needed to do. It needed to improve the racing, and we got that in this race. I'm really happy with it. And for people who are crapping on it saying, oh, why did they change it? Look at the last few races. Don't be short-term memory. Don't think all the way back to 2000 and 2001. Those days are long gone. Hell, even the race in 2011 between Jeff Gordon and Jimmy Johnson, long gone here in Atlanta. Look at the last few races. Look at the polls of people who rated these races and tell me why you would want this race to stay the exact same as it did the last couple of years. Ooh. Got a little bit of motion behind that there, not going to lie. All right, now let's go to more of a positive look. Let's look at the drivers who really did impress us. Once again, Trackhouse Racing, second and fourth. This is finally they got both their cars to finish in the top five. They've had good speed, and man, look at this. This is unbelievable. 36 points and 46 points for both Ross Chastain and Daniel Suarez. That team has been unbelievable here at the beginning of the 2022 season, and at this point, I will not be surprised if you see Daniel Suarez and Ross Chastain get their first win in the Cup Series here, here in the 2022 season. Also, a shout out to Spire Motorsports. They had both their cars finish 5th place and 16th. I don't know if Spire Motorsports has ever had both their cars in the top 20. If they have, it's been a Talladega race. Corey LaJoy, yes, his finishes have been a little bit brutal uh, at Super Speedways, but he has proven in the past that he can finish well with this Super Speedway package, and he did once again stay out of trouble and finish fifth in this race. Incredible job by Corey LaJoy. Also, a shout-out to Justin Haley, who finally was able to get a decent race under his belt here in the 2022 season. He had speed in the LA Coliseum race, but other than that, we haven't really seen him run up front. Now we finally get him to be able to lead a lap, run around the top 10, finish 11th in the race. Yeah, he had that brutal hit in the final lap. Uh, if it, Just take that last lap away. It was a really good run for Justin Haley. But again, big shout out to William Byron. He did absolutely great in this race. He's always shown that he is really good at super speedway races. He won the race at Daytona a couple years back. And he's also fairly good at intermediate tracks. He won the race at Homestead, and he was running on a long streak for top 10 finishes. It was only a matter of time before we saw him back in victory lane here in the 2022 season because he had some really good cars. Just needed it to all come together, and he finally was able to do it. He gets his third win, and now he matches it with his partners of Kyle Larson, Alex Bowman, and Chase Elliott is the only Hendrick Motorsports car who has not gotten a victory yet. Uh, I don't think that's going to be much longer, though. We're coming up on some road course races. And we all know Chase Elliott is really good at road courses, but that's got to be a little frustrating for him because he's more than a good road course racer. He's a good racer in the Cup Series, so hopefully he can get a win in an oval soon, but man, right now, the Henrik Group is on absolute fire. Group that's not on absolute fire, Joe Gibbs Racing once again. Kyle Busch gets caught up in an accident. Denny Hamlin, again, another good race car and gets caught up in an accident as well, and he finishes 29th in this race. 
gosh, they just can't catch a break. If you're a Toyota fan, you are just banging your head against the wall right now because just nothing seems to be going in their direction. The only one that seems to be consistent at all the races and keeps getting fairly decent finishes has been the number 45 of Kurt Busch. Kurt Busch has been super consistent. He finished third in this race and he's been getting a lot of top 10 so far here early in the 2022 season. He's the only Toyota that's having a fairly decent run. Everyone else, they're struggling. They're really, really struggling, and that is really worrisome because in the first five races, they've all been different types of racetracks, and if you don't see that many Toyotas running near the front except for Las Vegas, you got to be a little worrisome right there. That is for sure. Another team that let us down here at Atlanta was definitely Penske Racing. That one I did not see coming. I really did not. Austin Sendrick wrecks out, finishes 32nd. Joey Logano, yes, he gets a ninth place finish, but no stage points. When you think of Joey Logano, you think of at least 35 points at a super speedway, just didn't get it. And then Ryan Blaney, yes, he won a stage, but man, on the last lap, he gets taken out uh, of the front draft and he finishes 17th overall in the race. Gosh, just Penske just did not have the good finish. Uh, the the one that really impressed us the most was Ryan Blaney, and he had a car to beat, but man, it's just been the 2022 season for him. Nothing seems to be going in his direction there in the final stage. It always feels like that for him, and once again, it proved it here in the final laps at Atlanta. And then the last two teams to let us down was Stuart Haas Racing and RCR. Mostly accidents collected all these guys. I mean, Kevin Harvick and Eric Amarola, they were running up front, led a few laps. They get caught up in accidents. Their day ends early. Uh, Chase Briscoe, again, another great run for him, but again, a last lap uh, problem for him, similar with Ryan Blaney. He finishes 15th overall in this race. And then the number 41 of Cole Custer, he never really had anything going for him in this race and then gets caught up in an accident. Cole Custer is kind of worrying me a little bit. Cole Custer has that one win in his rookie year, and then other than that, no really good results. Now that we see Stuart Haas starting to dominate, there's one car that we have not seen up front at all, and that is Cole Custer. He needs to start performing, otherwise they're going to have his eye on him, and he might be the next driver out alongside Eric Amarola if he cannot get good finishes, which is crazy to say because Cole Custer is a really talented driver, just the finishes have not been there. Then RCR, they did have good cars, but got caught up in incidents. Austin Dillon gets taken out by Kyle Busch. And then Tyler Reddick has that flat tire in front of the field. That was another thing we saw. A lot of Chevrolets with flat tire issues while running in first. Ross Chastain had it. Tyler Reddick had it. And what was another driver that had that was a Chevrolet? I can't think of it at the moment, but still, that multiple, multiple Chevrolets. And it could have been due to adjustments that they were trying, but either way, gosh, that was shocking to see all those guys really struggle there. Again, same thing like it's been all this year so far. Issues with the tires continue here with the single lug nut. And luckily, we did not have a wheel fall off, but... Man, it seems like these tires, it seems like it's a new problem every single week. So overall, really good race, a lot of passing, a lot of competitive drivers. Accidents started to rise really high in the middle of the race. Uh, they started to calm down a little bit there near the end. And then in the final laps, they ran really hard. And last lap, there was a bit of accidents. But I'd say it was a really good race. Like I said, no more uh, mile and a half tracks being turned into super speedways. Atlanta needs to be the only one right now. As far as people who impressed us the most, we got to give it to Trackhouse Racing, Spire Motorsports, and then Chris Buescher in the number 17. And teams that let us down, definitely Stuart Haas Racing, Joe Gibbs Racing, RCR, and Penske.
And that will conclude the final segment of today's episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening. As far as our league goes, our NASCAR Fantasy League with the NASCAR Field Fillers, here's our top three. Only one person hit the 200s this weekend. One person, and that was the person by the name of Beer Guy 72 scored 201 points. Congratulations to you, good sir. You were the winner of this week. Finishing second, we got Hebrew Hammer at 185, and then yours truly at 181. Things were looking really good for me with three laps to go. I had second, third, fourth, fifth, and eighth locked up. And then they all decided to take each other out on the last lap. The fact that I got third was very shocking to me. But a lot of us, man, we went for some drivers that we thought were going to do good or going to be consistent. And they just didn't show up. That That's what a new track does for you. Trust me, we all have those one bad weekends. A lot of us will be able to bounce back at Circuit of the Americas. Make sure to also follow me on TikTok if you want to see daily videos. I'm at VanillaWafers44. All of it's NASCAR related. It's a lot of fun. You can follow me there. We just passed 5,000 followers. We're trying to hit 10K here by the end of the 2022 season. I think we are going to be able to do it. And if you want to follow me and watch some quick little NASCAR videos, you can at VanillaWafers44 or subscribe to me on YouTube, uh, Vanilla Wafers there, where I'm almost at 1,000 subscribers there. The growth has been great. So, guys, thank you so much for that. If you want to follow me on Twitter and talk about the races while they're currently going on, you can do so at TylerV33 or Vanilla Wafers or NASCAR Field Filler. I pop up either way. And above all, guys, thank you so much for listening to the best and trying out all the rest. I have been able to fill up the last few remaining minutes of your time, so I'm going to take the car and pull it right on into pit road, collect my last place winnings, and I am out. So you all take care. This has been the Field Filler Podcast.